0: Don't oh spoil
1: anything.
2: How can I spo- spoil it? It's called the. Hi hey guys,
0: mark. welcome to our Vinland Saga Spoiler Cast. My name is Joe. Okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Fuck you. I am
1: trying to get the word out that there's actually a fucking good manga that the people. Okay. Read. Yeah, it's called Berserk.
2: I can, bitch. I can <laughs>
3: appreciate.
1: Welcome to Anime Club After Dark, the podcast that tells us all things anime, manga, and otaku culture-related. I'm your host, Alex, but you can call me Senpai, and joining me tonight, I have our wizard of wait-what, Shinoda. Hello. Oh, God. Our our poser extraordinaire, Natai.
0: <laughs> bitch. <laughs> and,
1: and and our chivalry of Shota Shotaro. What was the bitch part?
0: <laughs> uh, just to mess you up.
2: Hi. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, so that's what we waited on okay anyway just wanted to throw
0: you off you know
1: yeah all right so before we actually get into our topic for this evening we do have a bit of sad stuff we have to talk about for us so uh <clears throat> a couple weeks ago actually about the time of this recording was it a couple weeks ago or was it a week ago? Was it, it was last week it's last week um sadly stan lee the probably I guess we can say he's the godfather of modern comic books.
0: Yeah. Marvel comic books, but yeah.
1: Yeah, well, let's be honest. He was—he He's a big part of the reason the comic book industry is as big as it is, or, you know, yeah. now. Um, yeah, he he is—he passed away. He was 95? 95 or 96? I can't remember. I think
3: 95. <laughs> I don't have the
1: article in front of me 95.
3: <laughs> I'm pretty damn sure of it.
1: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it definitely sad. It, and, you know... He actually had a bit of an impact in the anime industry. In fact, there was, it was just last year, there was um, an anime that he helped work on. Um, He's wasn't been, very
0: been good. in anime, flexion, too. Yeah.
1: Damn. <laughs> I'm just saying, it wasn't very
3: good, but he did work on it.
0: He that was an influence isn't... on a lot of people, though. Like, My yeah. Hero Academia wouldn't be a thing without him.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Comics have had a long-standing impact on manga and anime, and vice versa. And Stan Lee yeah. was definitely a huge impact upon the nerd world. Period. Everywhere. Yeah, and there were a lot Fizz of there were a lot of were
1: there were there were a lot of mangaka who also took to like social media and stuff to express their condolences to him and his family. For so, I mean, you can his, his impact was felt pretty far and wide for sure. Um, I can tell you as some, I, I got to meet Stan Lee about I think two years ago. Myself, uh, I was at MegaCon here in um, in Orlando, where where I live, uh, and I could tell I could tell back then that he he was in some bad health. So I, I'm not I wasn't in, I wasn't entirely shocked to hear that he had passed away. He um, was an old guy. He he, he he let me see. He lived a really really long and very productive life. So he doesn't you know he doesn't have anything to look back on and say, well, you know. I mean, have any regrets i wouldn't i certainly wouldn't if i had lived that life i will say though a lot of people i don't think it's hit them yet but i can tell you when it will it'll be when you go to the very next marvel movie that comes out and you get and you you leave the theater and you realize something was missing from this movie and it's because stanley wasn't in it
3: um actually he's gonna be in this next couple of ones they already recorded his uh "Oh." Because he he was old, he did have that health scare, so they figured, hey, let's go ahead and record a bunch of these scenes so they can be added in later on. So they actually have recorded a bunch of them. They have a good amount of them for the future movies, so good on that for a good while.
1: Yeah, I guarantee you, though, the first time you see a Marvel movie without a Stan Lee cameo in it, you're going to notice that it's not there.
3: That is for certain. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, you know, I, I was thinking about that. Like with 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 like digital technology being what it is, there's really nothing to stop them from making a digital recreation
3: of him and putting
1: it... Yeah, only, it's like only if he
3: if he's uh said okay on it or not. If he said no. And who
1: knows, he might have. Knowing Stanley, he might have done that.
3: We'll we'll but see. Again, I'm sure we'll get an ethics. announcement.
1: I have I have this sneaking suspicion and I don't I don't say this to be like a jackass but I have this sneaking suspicion that whenever the next Deadpool movie is that's going to make it in there somehow cuz if you think about it even in the whole canon of like the Marvel universe Deadpool's the only one that knows stuff that goes on outside of the Marvel universe
3: Yeah he has knowledge anyway. of the everything outside the fourth wall, so yeah, he'll yeah. know and it'll be presented in the movie, without a doubt. It
1: probably will be. But anyway, it it it's definitely a loss to the, the comic book and, and just the nerd world period. The nerd world, yeah. And yeah, the queer people world everywhere. Yeah. So I'm sure he will be missed and uh it is it will, I'm sure Marvel won't be the same without him. Hmm. We shall see though. That's that's for a future discussion. I'm assuming. Anyway, so let's move on to what we're actually talking about tonight, and that is this idea of villains and antagonists in anime and manga, etc. Um, so, over the years, throughout uh, the history of anime and manga, there have been some really memorable and great villains and antagonists throughout. And so we thought we'd talk about some of those tonight. And we'd also talk about some things like, you know, some of the qualities that make for a good villain and some of the like narrative shapings of of villains throughout uh, the industry. So I think a good place to start is defining what we mean by a villain or an antagonist. Um, So I'll start for me personally. I think that, to be a villain or an antagonist in any work of fiction doesn't have to be relegated to anime or manga. You don't have to be necessarily evil to be a villain. um, But you have to antagonize the protagonist of your particular story. Now that doesn't necessarily factor in like where there are certain stories out there where the protagonist sort of is the villain. And I think you have to take that into account. But for me personally, a villain is quite simply someone who antagonizes the main character of a story.
2: Did you just say that the proti- the protagonist could be a villain? Well, think, sure. Let's take, for are... example, and...
3: Michiko and Hodgkin. Michiko is yeah. a villain. Therefore, uh, a cop who would be chasing her, the cop we see who's constantly chasing her, would be the hero, technically. I, okay, so...
1: I guess I should rephrase that, that the
2: antagonist or the villain can be the main character of a story. So the main character can antagonize the main character.
3: Sure.
1: I mean, people, uh, people can antagonize themselves. That's the
2: basic okay. root of mental illness. Okay, well, I have a different definition from this. Um, a villain is not synonymous with an, with an antagonist. A villain is someone who is evil. Uh, that's it. And And... Oh my god! So many ands. And an antagonist (laughs) is someone who antagonizes the protagonist, and sometimes they're the same person, and sometimes they're not.
0: So you're saying that
1: sometimes a villain can be an antagonist, but they don't always Mm. have to be. Correct. Okay.
0: I'll say this: I think an tag like a villain or an antagonist like their main. Like, reason in the story, like, their purpose in the story is to challenge the protagonist's ideals or values or actions or actions. Yeah, it's like, hey, you live that way of life, well, then you challenge that the the protagonist's like status quo or way of life, and then you have a conflict, right? Yeah, that's how I
1: see it. I I mean, it's pretty standard definition, I would think, of an antagonist for sure. Mm -hmm. What about you, Shinoda? You agree with any of us? You got your own definitions.
3: Villainy is inherently complicated. And. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say write a
0: poem. (laughs) (laughs) Damn,
3: I want to go deep, and y'all fucking start laughing at me. I'm gonna fucking cry. You know what? That makes you guys villains. Mm.
2: Whoa. That's true. (laughs) Dun dun dun. (laughs) I'm an arch villain.
0: Mm. So. Oh boy. I As I cat? see it <laughs> the evil cat. Simply
3: um there's way too many variations for there to be a single definition, but I think if we get it down to the basics, it has to be uh the character that antagonizes the main character. Doesn't matter who's good or who's evil necessarily. It's just who are we rooting for versus Who's against them? Now, of course, a good amount of uh, scumbags root for the other side, of course, because they're better, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but that—that that is how I see it personally. Okay, I,
1: yeah. All right. So, knowing all of this, what are some of the qualities that we all think make for a good villain? And Shinoda, you have to go first on this the one. The because... goddamn
3: laugh, and you know who has the best goddamn laugh ever? Fucking Kira. Kira <laughs> Kira has a damn good laugh too. There are so many villains with good laughs and I love them all. The if they have with, a laugh that's memorable, I love my boys. To,
1: or girls. No, the problem with Orochimaru's laugh, Chinoda, is that you have to specify which one because the first time you hear him laugh, he sounds like a little girl.
3: Oh yeah, you're right. Oh, uh, the k, k-, k-, k one. God. I, I'm, I'm doing that horribly I, do, I barely remember it
1: <laughs> I mean for 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 those who haven't seen Naruto or if you've seen the Monogatari series but you haven't seen Naruto it's basically like Shinobu's laugh kaka. but instead of, instead of Kaka it's ke-ke, 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 ke-ke.
0: <laughs> I mean Black Hanako has a pretty good laugh and she's sort of a villainous <laughs> like, force Yeah, in Bake
1: yeah <laughs> uh, there, are, there are some really good laughs in, in, in anime. Um, although not necessarily a villainous laugh, The all, he, he thinks he's a villain, is Okabe's laugh when he is Ho-in-kyoma
3: in Steins Gate.
0: Ho-in-kyoma. This. He's like... <laughs>
3: Ooh, another one. Alucard from Helsing and Helsing Ultimate. His laugh is damn memorable.
1: Mm-hmm. Ooh
3: gets the floodgates going that's
1: I to say that that's almost that's that goes beyond like an evil laugh to where it's almost an arousing laugh
3: <laughs> i mean he's aroused half the damn time so that's yeah. true
1: that's true <laughs> oh
3: man that meant, like,
1: like i said kira from death note i think has a yep. really good laugh too
0: yeah light that's right Mamoriano again
1: Again, Mama Miyano. Mamanu Miyano. Oh, my God. Mama Miyano. I fucking love that guy.
0: Uh, he a should just play villains. Men.
1: He should really just play villains.
3: I swear to God, he should. Mm-hmm. He is a <sighs> legend for a reason.
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> Shove we move on oh. to the
3: next point?
1: Yeah, The, ne- the ne- I mean, we could sit here for f- fucking hours and just recount good laughs, I think. But I think you guys get the point that uh, I think a really good villain needs a really good laugh. Mm-hmm. But well, I think what, it,
2: uh, go ahead. What makes a good villain for me is a little complicated. Um my number one issue is when the entire plot revolves around the villain. Like so if you take the villain out of the plot, the entire plot is gone. There is no plot basically.
3: Exactly. But, like
0: what if But what? What, what if, if the whole point of that story is Like, it could be whatever, something like a character study, that then the villain comes in and sort of, like, moves the... Like, he's, like, the catalyst for the entire plot. Or, like, that's the whole thing with villains. I mean, forget what I said about character studies. In general, stories, sometimes the villain is the catalyst for the entire plot, and that's, like, part of it. That's
2: fine. That's fine if it's, like, the catalyst, but it can't be, like, the source. Because the thing is, if it gets really forced when it's the source. Because, like, there's no reason for there to be an antagonist if the entire reason is that, it, it, that the villain is just there. It's better when a plot exists first, and then an antagonist is the product of the plot. So an example of this, to illustrate what I'm trying to say, is um, the worst example in history, uh, which is SAO, <laughs> where... <laughs> Where um, in the first core of uh, the first season, the person who created SAO, the game, Akihiko Kayaba, um, he's the main antagonist. And he actively and passively antagonizes uh, the protagonist, Kirito, throughout the entire core. And it's super forced. This villain is super forced. Why? Because he's just there... To be a villain. Like, if you take him out, the entire the entire plot, there's no plot.
3: But, like not to I mention the huge failure of the and- uh, villain at the end, where it's like, oh yeah, why'd you do this? I don't remember. It's like, the fuck? Yeah.
2: I was- See, like, if you... If you changed SAO to be, to be the villain is one of the players in SAO who is forced to survive, that would be a more interesting and organic villain than someone who just comes in, Deus Ex Machina, like, I'm a villain, I am going to make your life hell. And then the entire plot is tra- just fighting against the villain. And I don't really like that because it just, I, to me, it's really not entertaining to watch. It's really straightforward and linear. And I can't connect with these I characters. Will, who cares I will about Sayaba?
0: I will say about that that guy is that there is, like, a good idea there that he's sort of, like, like again, again that goes back to him being a foil to Kirito and um, that whole idea that both him and Kirito somewhat don't, like, feel, I don't know if belong, but satisfaction with the real world, and that's why they seek, like, virtual games or him actually building one, and I think that's a good basis for a villain. It then seem like yeah, both of them seek that type of life, but maybe different things. The problem is what I just said is sort of super stretching when you try and dig for, I don't know, themes and meaning in SEO because it's not great. So See,
1: I, I I think eh. this actually goes beyond SEO because I think this is a common problem in a lot of shonen anime.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Definitely, because it it ends up being like the villain may not be in the very beginning, but the villain is clearly a product. uh, The plot is clearly a product of the villain and not the other way around.
2: It's, which is a really boring formula in my opinion for to, as an obstacle for the protagonist.
1: Now, if you have like, I think this happened in Naruto, which is probably one of the reasons it stayed interesting to me is because like the, who the villain is changes over time. Like, it's not it's it, from one arc to another, it's a different villain, so you don't have one overarching villain in something like Naruto where you have to and part of the part of the story of Naruto is you have to kind of figure out who the fucking bad guy is supposed to be.
0: But isn't like sort of the arc overarching antagonist is Sasuke to some degree?
1: To a degree. <laughs> yeah.
0: I don't know. I haven't watched Naruto. I,
1: I don't want to get into late shippuden spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> I actually um, put
3: it down at the very end at the uh, dock, so we'll, we'll, we'll touch what? on it oh. later.
2: Oh, Kage! Oh, <sighs> <laughs> I was gonna say, um, in my opinion, one of the villains that um, contradicts this pitfall is S Death in Akame ga Kill, mm. because um, which is a shounen manga and anime. If you take S Death out of Akame ga Kill, the main plot is still there. You have the rebels fighting against a corrupt government, but she is a product of the plot and she is basically the main villain. And I think she fits in really well like that. And that's what makes her very interesting for me. That, how do you feel about you know... how she
1: was treated at the end of the story?
2: Oh, shut up. We don't talk about that. <laughs> but yeah. I'm guessing not so well. So that's an
0: example. Hmm? I'm guessing not well. The way no. she
1: was treated. Uh, I think I think we're so, not gonna get it, it, it so dumb. Well no, I think what it's show so thinks dumb. is truly villainous is how she
2: was treated at the end of the story. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I don't even to. get it. I don't wanna even remember the end of a comic got kill. <laughs> <laughs> it's so horrible. The
1: villain was done right, the story wasn't.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right. It had a lot of potential and then it had a really rushed and stupid ending. I hate Twice. when that happens. Yeah.
1: Uh, I, I I do completely agree with you though that the villain the villain should should definitely be a product of the plot and not the other way around. I think when when you do that, number one, you limit yourself to the types of villains, to how engaging you can make your villains, because the villain literally has to fit the plot like completely because they are the plot. And yeah. it, it just it limits the amount of creativity you can put into a story, which is why I think that. Uh, I don't want to say that all shonen are inherently uncreative, but I think Shonen as the way that Shonen is structured leads itself to this more often than it should.
2: Yeah, I mean, what part of the appeal of Shonen is that it's a very linear, um, very simple plot, yeah. but then that's a double edged sword up. at the same time. It's easy to pick up plots. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe that's part of
1: the appeal of shonen then.
0: Mm. I, I
1: think
2: know. so, yeah.
0: I mean, for a story to keep going that long and be interesting, you need to, you need to like change things up. You That's know, true. and one of the That's things true. is the villain.
1: Uh, I wanted to move on in the next point, and I just keep seeing someone wrote down motherfucking charisma.
0: Yeah, I wrote that in the document. <laughs> Why did you? He, here's the thing. All right, think about some of your favorite villains. Okay, like let's take for, for example Dio, right? He's just he's just a riot to watch because he's so over the top and he's so just exudes confidence and charisma. And you know what? A villain doesn't really have to be charismatic, but there's needs to be like some side of him that is um, either compelling or just fascinating to watch, right?
1: Yeah. See, the thing about the thing about Dio in particular from JoJo's is that Dio's like. Dia's like a train wreck in slow motion. It's like you know you probably shouldn't watch, but you can't look away because it's so fascinating.
3: Yeah. Or another one. That's, that's Dia Isaiah. Mhm.
1: Oh, yeah, Isaiah from Zerara. That's a train wreck and a half in slow motion. But it's to watch. so addicting oh to
3: watch because he has such a unique charisma. Oh my yeah. goodness.
1: Yeah, I mean, and it, it's thrust in your face, like every single scene that he's in. Like his charisma is like it's there. It's it, it, he, like subtlety is not something that Isaiah knows how to do, and it it it's portrayed in all of his, all of the interactions he has.
2: Yeah, yeah I was thinking the same thing. Um, I was thinking of Alberto from Tokyo. Oh, not from Tokyo. From Overlord, Alberto from Tokyo. <laughs> um, cool.
0: Is she oh, a right. though?
2: <laughs> I say she's a villain in the sense that she's evil,
0: Um, but she's not like a center character really. She's not a foil um, for Iron. So my
2: definition of villain is that it's evil. I don't care what if you're a side character or whatever. I so, mean, but they, she's
3: there are evil. There are, there are these, she just doesn't care about lesser beings. Oh my God. Look evil. at
2: her character sheet. She's negative 500 evil. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Now, I think I mean, there are, this is this concept of like villain of the week. So a villain doesn't have to be like a villain constantly. I mean, it can just be there.
2: Well, anyways, I'll bet it was um, my whether character. she's a villain or not, I think she has a lot of quote unquote charisma in her own, uh, in her own, um, Brand of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she's sure. definitely very interesting and Daki-maka. fun to watch. And she 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 is uh, quite over the top and she makes me laugh a lot. So I think that charisma and just being interesting and fun and, like, you know, entertaining to watch is a good trait for a villain to have. Don't just be boring.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's either... I'll, I'll say this. It's either, like... Be a fascinating character that it's like super entertaining to watch, or you just need to be like terrifying in the sense of whenever he, that character is on screen, you know, like shit's about to go down, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: well, it's like, it, like you said, anytime Dio was on screen, it was gorgeous.
0: Yeah, I mean, and the end of part three, whenever he shows up, it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> what, what, what's gonna happen?
1: And like, he literally has this flaming aura around him
0: yeah it's fucking terrifying, uh, but like you it's it's time. a
1: visual charisma that he has uh and I, you know what someone else wrote this down like stuff like that leads to like a humanization of these characters, and that to me is what makes for the best and most engaging type of villain is like if you can not necessarily you personally can relate to him, but you can look at him and see, wow, yeah, this seems plausible,
0: hmm
2: that yeah.
1: that to me is what makes for the best villains, I, and a lot of times it makes for the most tragic villains because you end up thinking like, "Wow, like they're doing these really terrible things, but kind of for the right reasons, maybe."
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the more you develop and characterize your villain, the more interesting they're going to be usually, and the more and the and the more you humanize the villain, generally, the more interesting the entire story is. Dracula so,
3: yeah. from like- Castlevania. He's yes, exterminating yes. humankind for all the right reasons. Mm-hmm. I support him. Or
1: uh, another really good example of that is like Scar from uh, Full Metal Alchemist. To I mean, he starts out as this this like fucking psychopathic guy who's just running around getting revenge for uh, the you know the country that you know Edwin everyone I can't remember the name of the damn country they were in. Um, but that country like Ed and and, and, and is separate from. Amestris, thank you. Uh, Amestris had declared war on his uh, his people and basically slaughtered a bunch of them. And he's getting re- revenge by killing all of these state alchemists. And then he learns the whole truth of, of, I won't spoil it or anything, but he learns the truth behind it. And he, he starts to like sort of atone for what he's done so far. And it's like... I wasn't the only bad person here.
0: And beyond that, he also, at least in Br- Brotherhood, he meets another character who is and like him, and he understands there's another way to, like, fix this situation. Yeah. He's like, okay, let's try. Yeah.
2: And and, I think... Uh,
1: oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I was going to lead it to the next point, but...
2: Oh, okay. And uh, one last example of good humanization is the entire cast of Scum's Wish, mm-hmm. where, you know, they are all shitty people but we really get into their head and we really get to learn what makes them shitty why they're so fucked up and that in and of itself is just i mean that was the entire purpose of the show so that really made it an interesting thing to watch yeah
1: and it's 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 worth pointing out that i don't think that anyone in scum's wish is inherently evil they just have really some of them have really bad motives but i
2: think they all do shitty things
1: yeah I don't think there's a single person in, in Scum's Wish you can le- legitimately point to and say, this person is without any faults and they're completely heroic. Mm. And that's, that's part of the reason why I love Scum's Wish. I mean, it, I don't think there's been a show, or at least an, a- an anime specifically, recently, and by recent I mean in like the last five or so years, that I've watched, where I felt like every single character in that show, I could envision them being an actual person. Yeah. yeah, that's hard to do. Yeah, it is really. Uh, you you can you a lot of a lot of of shows do that with one or two or a handful of characters, but it's really difficult to get all of the characters in your show to be like that to humanize them so much where you think all of these people could be people you could meet in real life.
3: Like all of them are shitty people. They're just like actual people. Holy shit.
1: Yeah. Uh. So the next point I wanted to go to was this idea. I wanted to ask a question. Do do you guys actually think, narratively, it's a good idea for villains to end up becoming heroes or vice versa, heroes to end up becoming villains? I think
2: that Hmm. what we were just talking about, humanization, that this is a form of humanization that you can develop villains to become heroes and vice versa. And I think that's good.
0: Everybody (laughs) else? No, I agree.
1: I, yeah, I agree too. Um, <laughs> it's <Wow>. actually,
2: <laughs> a lot of times
1: it's really fun to watch that happen though. Especially if it's, if it's done really well. And I mean, the, the one I, I point to all the time and thank you, Nittai for pointing this out to me is a Kaiki <laughs> from the Monogatari series. Yeah. Who starts out as this really scummy not nice guy who's only in it for himself and money and and just incre- not a guy you'd want to spend a lot of time around
0: and here's the clever thing with Kaiki as well because like the whole point of him in the story it's like at the end of the day he's like not really a villain it's just like a dude like the whole brilliant thing in that season of Monogatari is they frame Kaiki as, like, this villainous dude who's scummy and all, but then you realize, well, and that's why it's such a good foil to, at least, the main character of that or Karen, is because, well, because she perceives him that way, she sees him as this villainous person who's, like, powerful and dangerous, well, but at the end of the day, it's like, this old dude who just wants to make some money. But, then again, he's still a shitty person, but then you go to, like, a not spoil, but later on he does some things that to some degree redeem him so yeah. it's it's and an it's interesting not, character it,
1: and he's still doing it for very selfish reasons but yeah. he ends up doing good things for very selfish reasons
0: because again they might be selfish but it's not like they were really that villainous or like that like grand of motives it's like yeah just want to make some money <laughs> yeah
1: and then he comes back and talks about meat for five minutes
0: oh motherfucking meat <laughs>
1: uh but to me that's that's the best i've ever actually seen that done to where an antagonist or a villain be very slowly becomes the hero
2: well you have clearly not seen hunter hunter alex and i know you haven't (laughs) because um when i think of this i think of kilua which i find very interesting
1: he's named after a liquor
2: ah yeah i would drink that um he Hello, he yes, uh, starts out what? as an assassin, so he he basically kills everyone. He's pretty sociopathic, um, and the over the hundred episodes, like his arc spans basically the entire show, which is one hundred and forty mm-hmm. something episodes. Um, he he understands that he can't be friends with the protagonist Gon without killing him because he is an assassin and he wants to kill the people he gets close to so his arc is that he needs to learn to get close to people without wanting to kill them and it's really uh in depth and a really long process and honestly it's so beautiful it's like the power of friendship but it's actually really beautiful though because it sounds like the um, opposite
1: of the power of friendship it's like the (laughs) anti-power of friendship
2: well, you need the power of friendship to to cure this bitch from killing everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I really love it just because how 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 um, long it is really because it spans such a large number of episodes that you really get invested in this uh, progress of this character and it's really amazing to see him slowly change and become able to um, have healthy relationships with other people. So I think that's a really great example.
3: I'll definitely agree with that. I've never seen Hunter x Hunter, so I can't. can't. Same. (laughs) I've seen it, so I can definitely agree to it. It's the slow burn. It doesn't happen instantly, and it's not just one episode, like they suddenly realize something. No, it's the small things. It's one thing happening at a time. And it's all these things having a cumulative effect that gets you so invested. And it's beautiful once it finally turns. It's such a treat for having to uh finally get that reward.
2: Makes I, me cry every time. Oh, God. Wow. He's yeah. <laughs> crying Gosh. right now. Oh, yes,
3: please. The emotional um, attachment I mean, you get, you get. get with that show. Oh, God.
1: I, again, you may be right. I, I don't know. I have never seen Hunter X Hunter. And yes, I will pronounce the X because it's fucking there. <laughs>
2: okay. Um. Welcome to the English language. This is uh, called Silent Letters. Uh, na- <laughs> another <laughs> example I have is from Vinland Saga, which oh. is currently a manga, yes. but it's getting an anime soon and you should definitely watch it. And the character that is um, an example of this is the main character, Thorfinn. Thorfinn who is a viking um so he raids and kills and is a participant to rape of innocent civilians so clearly he's very villainous mm-hmm. um clearly
1: he's an upstanding member of society you mean oh god clearly. um
2: so that's how he that's how he starts in the story and you through i don't know how many how long it is but it's a really long it's like at least 100 i could be wrong you know, I'm not going to say the number of chapters because I Actually, don't know, but it felt... It's it's a very long. I don't know exactly
1: how many chapters are out now. I will say this before you go any further. Uh-huh. It's worth your time investing to read this. It is a fucking phenomenal manga.
2: Great story. Amazing art. It is really nice. It's very um edgy if you're into that. But it it's also, also is very, just... It's very
1: accurate portrayal of Viking life, too.
2: It is very historically accurate. It's also just a really good uh, war story, I think. Mm-hmm. um if you're into that as well um is it but ongoing
0: yeah. or is it a complete manga it's it's, it's ongoing Yeah, it's still and ongoing. It's very
2: okay. very slow to update so that's the negative
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: um but yeah so he starts as a villain and then you know things happen the plot progresses and he has to um sort of deal with the deeds of the the bad deeds he did in his past and he has to learn to um function well not function but like he has to learn to cope he he gains a sense of morality because at the beginning he was basically a sociopath but he develops a sense of morality and then with that morality he realizes oh i can't pillage and rape and kill people oh shit you know those actual actual ethics exist so then he has to learn to incorporate that into his livelihood
1: well, when I was—I was reading this. I get the sense that like he starts out, Thorfinn starts out as like this sort of model Viking citizen. Like he he does the things that are expected of him. But then over time, he starts to realize that wait, there's another way. Like maybe this isn't the right thing to do, and maybe we should like reevaluate the way we do things. And it's it's really fun to watch. I don't know how far you've gotten, girl. Probably further than you. <laughs>
2: what do you mean (laughs) i'm
1: pretty far along and at least to what's translated so far
2: in vinland saga Mm -hmm. i'm like one chapter behind or something oh then no never mind (laughs) (laughs) girl please well then you probably know what you're talking about so then i'll agree <laughs> i'm, I'm not entirely sure what you're talking because that's like this multiple stages of this manga this is very complicated anyways we i'm should just I'm,
1: I'm just saying that it's really fun watching him to come to like that realization that hey maybe this isn't the right thing to
2: do okay let me have you reached the farm arc yes
1: don't oh spoil
0: anything
2: how can i spo- spoil it it's called the farm hey guys
0: arc. welcome to our vinland saga spoiler cast my name is show okay. i want to-
2: Fuck you! I am trying to get the word out that there's actually
1: a fucking good manga that the people okay. should
3: read. Yeah, it's called Brazil. Bitch, I can it's-
2: appreciate. <laughs> I can appreciate your recommendation now that you've like gotten to the beef of the
0: story. Yeah. Okay. The beef.
2: The beef. The it's beef. what's for dinner. That's what you farm in the farm saga. Yeah. I mean, the farm arc. <laughs> the farm saga.
0: Farm saga. Okay. The farm saga. arc
1: of the saga. Farm Sorry, saga online. FSO. <laughs> Exactly, uh, but yeah, I completely agree with you about Thorfinn. It's it's just it's fun to watch him sort of realize that you know he doesn't need to do this, and there's there's actual ethics out there. And it's like holy shit! It's just it's fun watching him slowly realize that. That's yep. why I think okay. it's such a good idea to do this shit narratively for for villains and heroes to maybe switch sides. It 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 when done right, it's really great to watch. Yeah. Hmm. All right, so the last point I kind of want to get to is this idea of what's known as gray morality. And I want to know if ooh, it baby. leads to better development. <laughs> what? what did Keep you going.
2: Say? No, what did you say? You just
1: I made said, a, ooh, baby.
2: A sexy comment. It's not
1: Fifty Shades of Gray, you bitch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ugh.
1: Terrible book. Uh, now, I want to know if the idea of gray morality leads to better developed and more complex villains. Now, I, I think maybe we should kind of explain what gray morality means. So, gray morality is... And, and show kind of disagrees with me on this, that it has to be 50-50 good and evil. But for me personally, I think that gray morality... Is this idea that characters are neither are presented as being neither inherently good or bad, or good or evil. As like they're somewhere in between and they have both good attributes and what could be argued as really evil attributes. Um so I the starting off the example that I gave is Legend of the Galactic Heroes, like I think that the gray morality is the entire premise of that show, and it's extrapolated in a, a quote from the show uh by Yang Wen Lee, one of the main characters, and he says that there are quote There are a few wars between good and evil. Most are between one good and another good. Which
0: That's a good it, quote.
1: It is a good quote.
2: A- <laughs> Take a shot every time we say good.
1: Well. <laughs> um where was it going with this? Oh, so I mean t- the whole oh point of God. me bringing this up is that in Legend of the Galactic Heroes, both sides in the story, which is um, the sy- Systems Alliance or Planets Alliance? I can't remember now. Systems Alliance. The
2: different factions. Yeah. Free planets. The Free Planets Alliance. Free Planets
1: Alliance. Thank you. Thank you. And um, the Empire is... Neither side is inherently portrayed as being like heroic or evil. They're portrayed as being mostly good but they also almost everyone resorts to some really shady shit to get their you know get their stuff accomplished and
2: that's 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 the point of gray morality for me well to be more specific um with your example there um i think that the um government of each side do good and bad things equally i think um, but the characters I don't think the characters specifically do good and bad things. Some but do. if we're talk but if we're talking about like the Empire versus the Free Planets Alliance, they both have evil and good incorporated into their uh policies as governments. Yeah. A government. yeah. It, it may not be 50-50, but it is some combination of good and evil. Yeah. yeah. And I just wanted to clarify we took this gray morality uh concept, well from TV Tropes, uh, the website and when I read that article I uh, understood it as slightly different from what Alex understands it as (laughs) Um, I understand it as there being a conflict between two parties or multiple parties that have their own interests um, and no party is particularly good or bad Um, which is you could say it's the same as Alice but I think it's slightly different <laughs> I
1: think what mm. I think your hang up is that you think it has to be 5050
2: no um, I it has to be a group it has to be th- this gray morality has to be taken in context of multiple people you can't I don't think you can apply it to a single person oh, I mean yes you
0: can I mean think about it like let's go to like Western storytelling right Take Batman, that's sort of a gray morality, acting outside the law and, like, doing all of that, and he's not necessarily a villain, but there's some gray morality there. And it's worth pointing
1: out that everything Batman does is illegal.
0: Yeah. Boom.
1: Okay. Bruce Wayne is just one character.
2: If that's what you want it to be. I'm just saying, from what TV tropes described it as, there has to be multiple people. But, whatever, it doesn't really matter. You can you can define either way a gray morality either means way to you. yeah either way the concept
1: of gray morality does exist. I just want to know: Do you think it actually leads to better developed and more complex villains? I
0: don't know if it leads to better. I think it leads to um, different types of villains. That's if it's better or worse. That's sort. Of, I think that's up to like the viewer or the one who's consuming the the media. Because again, you can't have something that's gray and complex like the whole system in psychopaths and Makishima, to some extent, which are great and, like, complex, and there's a lot to unpack there. But there's still a lot of merit to taking something like Kira from Jojo Part 4, which is a villain. There's, like, nothing redeeming about this person, but he's still a complex villain with his own quirks and identity. You know? There's, like, merit yeah. to both sides, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I could definitely see that. I mean, you could if you want to if you want to ex- extrapolate a JoJo's uh, example. I mean, you can think of the Speedwagon organization as being sort of morally gray because they operate outside the law and they just go and do stuff and
0: they never. Eh, they aren't really touched. I mean, I haven't read the manga, but they haven't re- they aren't really touched upon. They're just there.
2: Exactly, but the, some of the stuff it is pretty shady. I think I mean, that eh. in. uh including characters that do bad things but at the same time like do good things um goes back to our original point of humanization because uh, real people aren't all good and all evil real people do bad things and good things yep. so it makes people i mean it makes characters more believable and so then i would say it's a good thing to have great yeah. morality in characters
0: think about and think about like uh the villain from well, at least the first half of Gurren Lagann. and um, what was his name again Lord um, Lord Genome Lord Genome the Spiral King guy. the Spiral King think about it, think about it like that Yeah up until the con- like the battle with him he's seen as this, like like this monster you know he threw his daughter away Just and this he keeps humanity evil. underground Yeah he's evil and then Right till the end, you can see a, just a, a glimpse into his sort of, like, thinking. It's like, no, you're gonna ruin it all. You're, like, this, you're, like, this is all for you to protect you. And you're like, ah, oh, fuck you, dude. That, that's at least what you're thinking. But then you get to the second half of Grun, like, and you understand, okay, what he did, he did for a certain reason. It wasn't just because he was a dick. There's more to it than that, you know? Okay. So you yeah. sort of retrospectively so thinking. Yeah, so retrospectively, you sort of, I don't know if humanize the villain, but give him more layers and more, like, you understand him better, right? Yeah. I,
1: well, certainly by the end, for sure. Um, I I would think, it, I think it's actually probably shortly after the halfway point when that starts to change in Gurren yep. Lagann. Uh, so, so good. So, like, the, the, the halfway point in Gurren Lagann literally is a turning point for mm-hmm. the villain,
0: whoa good storytelling
1: i know right wow i will say this i uh, speaking of gurren Logan, it's gonna be really difficult next year when trigger's new production comes out premiere and right literally Kamina is the villain i'm not like yeah so what's up with
0: okay yeah i saw the trailer and that was like okay strange
1: I don't know. I don't know any more than you know. All it's gotta I know be great. is it's gonna be. It's gonna. It's gonna look fantastic, and it's gonna be really weird seeing the villain who looks like Kamina. <laughs>
3: hi 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 hi.
1: Anyway, I just wanted to point that
2: out because you talked about Gerlagen. Well, back to gray morality. I think um, if we take it as uh, meaning two different groups that are fighting for their own interests, not necessarily black and white, but just, you know, fighting for what they believe in. I think a good example of that is Tokyo Ghoul with um, the ghouls versus the CCG. I don't think either side is wrong, um, but I don't think either side is right. Like, they've both done shitty things, and they're just at war with each other. And I think that um, if we take... It's, I mean, it's not the best example of this. I think Alex was... Uh, spot on with his A Legend of the Galactic Heroes example I think that might be uh, maybe the best example but um, to some extent a lot of different uh, shows and manga take on this concept of two different sides fighting each other where one is not necessarily right and they're just fighting for their own interests um, I'm thinking of the Seraph of the End manga and the Attack on Titan manga which I won't detail but like i'm sure there's uh, tons of uh shows that do that oh uh, yeah that
1: i i wrote it down like the rail decks franchise does the exact same thing i mean the the science and the magic side are they do some really like you look at it like both what the sides fuck are is even really
3: shitty like you can't just root for one side or another both are really shitty uh obviously they, there are so- good to both sides as well it's complex that's the wonderful yes. thing about it they show both sides in all glory good and evil yeah
1: and it's oh man so many so many dead bitty bitties so many dead
2: bitty bitties <laughs> what does that even mean watch it and, <laughs> I you'll, watch find the out. Show and you'll find isn't out isn't there one only one bitty bitty um, maybe say
3: shit
1: maybe
2: not <laughs> oh my god i'm not gonna even ask um but yeah, yeah, it's 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 that concept. <laughs> I heard,
0: I thought, I thought Joe said, I don't, I, 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 I don't give an ass. I don't. <laughs> I don't
2: give one ass, two ass, or three. Um,
3: Jesus
0: Up to you.
2: Christ.
1: Um, what was I going with yeah. It's it, it's like you said, like they're um, God damn it, I just. <laughs> You said ass and it's got me
2: all fucked up.
0: We're talking about multiple bitty bitty and then you were going no, to say it's.
2: Something. Uh, I, I'm no, sure it's... you've had uh some wet dreams about that. Oh shut up, you motherfucker.
1: Um, you say no, that,
0: going... but you're the one who commented mm-hmm. on her chest being larger in this season, right?
1: Oh, yeah, that is true. In index season three, uh there's definitely there's definitely been a cup size increase for bitty bitty. I can tell. <laughs> She is getting older, though, so...
0: Still, are you, are still, you, still not legal. Cringe?
3: Oh, no, oh, it, it only, only gets Biddy better. Biddy. If you seen her mother, oh, my God. Oh,
0: my God.
3: God damn it,
1: Chinoda! You want to talk about MILF Supreme with no sour cream? Holy oh. fuck. You didn't oh. just say that. Yes, I did just say that.
3: Let oh me tell you, my, my, my boys, cream pie. Woo!
1: <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: Are we done?
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to say, like, the, the idea that you can... The, not, not, the whole idea of gray morality leading to more complex villains it, it is because it's it leads to them being more humanized, and that's what so many of these examples that we've laid out do, that it humanizes both sides of, of the story, both the protagonist and the antagonist.
2: And it also makes the plot less linear, in mm-hmm. which, like, you know, how we talked initially about having the villain being the end-all be-all and more just like interesting and organic and uh flexible because you know there's multiple perspectives, viewpoints and there's multiple people to root for. So it's much more interesting plot structure. Right. Yeah. Well, that's that's it unless
1: you guys want to go over some of these examples that we missed.
2: Not really. <laughs> oh, I just <laughs> want to say that uh just skimming through this, Delling in the Franks has a shit ass. Uh, okay, I'm antagonist.
1: glad you brought that up. I'm really glad you brought that up because I wanted, I did want to talk about that. Should so, I go? No, no, we're not. I'm not going to spoil anything about the story. I want to talk about how it was done, like the mechanics of how that was done. So we, as we've mentioned before, we orig- originally did a spoiler cast for Dolling in the Franks. We ended up losing the audio files for it, and we never re recorded it. I'm sorry. One of the things we talked about in that show is how the main, well, what ended up being the main villain of of *Darling* in the Frank's firm was introduced right before the climax of the show. I want to point out for anyone out there who wants to get into creative writing in any aspect, don't ever do this. It is the I know it, it, I, I guarantee it, it. It's the most tempting thing in the world because you think it's going to be a great twist right before the climax. It never ever. Ever, ever, ever works. If it's garbage, don't do it.
2: Like, Darling and the Franks fell into the pit where the villain was the end all be all. And even worse, they revealed it at like the last couple episodes. So it's like, You force in the villain and then you force it even harder. And I'm like, this is so bad. And I I I want to say,
1: as like, Natai and I are both huge JoJo fans. And I know, Natai, you don't read the manga. But I have this sneaking suspicion that Araki is falling into this trap with part eight. I Mm. really do.
0: Give him a chance. See. You know. I
1: seriously like it's been this 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 part part eight has been going on for years now. We still don't know who the fucking villain is. So I just ugh, it's it's you, got me. Do scared. you sense
0: like the sto- like because I know nothing about part eight? I honestly part... feel
1: like the story is trying to wrap itself up. Yes.
0: Oh, it's actually going somewhere.
1: It feels like it's trying. I mean, to. who
0: knows? Maybe there's not a villain. Ma- right? You know
1: what? And I've thought about that. I've thought about that. And, and, and Araki has said that there probably will be a part nine. So I'm thinking, what if there isn't actually a villain in part eight and the ending of part eight leads directly into part nine? There, You wouldn't need a villain if you did that.
0: Hmm.
1: Or you could introduce the villain as the last chapter of part eight. <laughs> Don't do this, Araki.
0: <laughs> Araki, do whatever the fuck you want, you legend. But that's, that's you crazy my, my diamond. Point.
1: My point, my that's my whole point is that it's, As a writer, as anyone who does anything like creative writing wise, it is so easy to fall into this trap of wanting to introduce the actual villain of your story right before the climax, because in your head, it always sounds like it's going to be a good
2: twist and it never, ever works. Because it gives you no time to develop them. So then they're just like a cardboard cutout of a stupid, it's nothing. They're so bad. And then right after,
1: right after you actually introduce them, there's no time left to develop them.
2: Yeah. They're they're not humanized at all. They're just like I am the villain. Good the job. only
1: I will say the only time you should ever even attempt to do that to do that and even then you really still shouldn't is if you're you're trying to develop a multi-part story. And you know that the story is going to continue like linearly into the next part. Like, there's not going to be a huge time jump. There's not going to be like anything like that. Like, you, I think you could get away with it then. But no one's ever, to my knowledge, I've never seen that been tried. So. What
0: if it's a mystery story? I
1: still That's think it's fine. a really bad idea to introduce your villain right before. In that type of story, story,
0: though, it could work. I think Only then if in you're retrospect, all the pieces will
2: towards who it is. I think it works as a... Mi- well, depends. See, if you if the villain was introduced into the story previously but you didn't know it was a villain, then it's fine. But if they introduced at the end as of like the mystery and they were never part of the story in the first place, then it's bad.
3: Yeah, when it's a, Which when is it's actually... a mystery, it's a whole nother concept is the thing. When compared to If you to think about else. it inside,
1: that's kind of how Kira's introduced in part four of Jojo's.
0: Yeah, but that's like, yeah, because they do raise the questions like, okay, someone's killing people in this town. What the fuck is going on? But it's sort of in the backdrop, you know? And I mean, sometimes literally he is in the background. Yeah, he's literally in the background before he's introduced. (laughs) Fucking amazing.
1: Oh, man. But yeah, I just, please, if you are someone who wants to to do like any kind of creative writing, don't do this. Don't, just don't. It's not going to work. That's all I got to say. It's like, <laughs> I really, you know what? And if Darling the Franks hadn't done that and they kind of just went on with what they were kind of already developing, I thought, I think it probably would have been remembered
2: way better. I mean, they all, they had like, it's hard to say without spoiling, but they had one, they already had one really uh, Deus Ex Machina forced be-all end-all villain and then after that they made an even worse one <laughs> it's like there's like two of them there's like there's like the small villain and then the big villain and i'm like you you couldn't just end with one. Oh well
1: it's just it's it's a badly written twist it really is anyway anyway yeah
0: <laughs> Indeed. no one
1: wants to talk about tanya really
0: <laughs> Nah. no
2: all right. I'm just, well, I guess it's my personal problem with Tanya is that she wasn't interesting to watch. She was boring and stupid, and that's why I didn't like her. That's... He won't
1: be <laughs> on so next just week.
2: Subjective. Yeah, I was Don't worry, saying. show won't be on next week, guys. <laughs> Sorry that I'm not a Whoa. Whoa. That doesn't
3: that is, have that is anything some... to do with it. It's, it's, it guys, happens it to has... be true, but
2: it doesn't have anything to
1: do with it.
0: It has everything to do with it. Uh.
1: All right, on that note, thank you all there for dropping in to listen to us. We hope you enjoyed it because we always enjoy bringing this stuff to you. If you want to check out previous episodes of the podcast, you can find us on YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. If you want to keep up with what we're doing and have a little more fun, you can join our Discord server, become a member of our Facebook group, follow our Twitch channel, and visit our website. And as always, if you have any comments, criticisms, or concerns on this or any episode, feel free to shoot us an email or leave a comment down below. Links to all these things will be down below in the description. That's as bullshit, always, but I believe it. Exactly. As always, <laughs> I, I I actually did all that on a single breath, so hold on. <sighs> as always, as always, I have been your host, Alex, and I will see you next time. Say goodnight, everybody.
0: Good morning, everyone.
2: Good villainy to
0: yeah, all, and have a good night. I that- just
2: want to say that the best villain is the Ice in Yuri on Ice.
0: That's a pretty good villain. That's a pretty good villain. What? I'd say the best villain is the CGI in Berserk 2017. That's a fucking dope-ass villain.